Grace, mercy, and peace to you from God, who loves us with a transforming love, from our Lord and Savior Jesus the Christ, and from the Spirit who unites us all. Amen. So Jesus stands up, unrolls the scroll, and reads, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, because he has anointed me to bring good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim release to the captives and recovery of sight to the blind, to let the oppressed go free, and to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. And with that, Jesus has announced the beginning of his ministry with a bold mission statement. He is here to bring good news to the poor, to proclaim release to the captives and recovery of sight to the blind, to let the oppressed go free and to proclaim a year of the Lord's favor. That this is Jesus' ministry shouldn't surprise us. God's story, therefore Jesus' story, is always related to human need. Where we see God's story and humanity's story intersect is where our need meets God's love. So when we understand the gospel in this way, as God's love meeting our need, that helps us when we encounter Jesus' words here in Luke. Because it allows us to imagine the poor, the captive, the blind, and the oppressed who need to hear the good news. It is easy enough for us to say, well, there are the literal poor, captive, blind, and oppressed, and then say it doesn't apply to those who are not literally those things. Or we can say that Jesus meant the spiritual poor, captive, blind, and oppressed, which then takes us off the hook of caring for the literal poor, etc. But the deep reality is it is both. Because Jesus stating that he is coming to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor would have clearly been speaking of the year of Jubilee, where people would be released from their debts. In Luke, though, all the times we hear the word translated release, it's used to describe forgiveness of sins, not debts indicating to us that a spiritual and emotional release is also being proclaimed. That there are those who are poor in spirit and those who are poor in money, and that Jesus comes for both. That there are those who are literally captive and those who are figuratively held captive. And Jesus proclaims release for both. This is brought home even more strongly when we consider that in the other place where the poor and blind are mentioned together, they are invited to a great dinner. Here, the blind don't see again, the lame don't walk again, the poor don't become rich, but they are given the status of being guests in the kingdom of God. So they don't receive a literal healing in that space, but indeed a release from the social rules that have held them captive. This word of grace and truth, then, is for all people, regardless of what holds them captive or has them blind or oppressed or poor. And that includes us. For we all need Jesus' liberating power in our lives. Yes, we all 
need Jesus' liberating power. For we are all captive to sin and cannot free ourselves. We have all sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. Not a single one of us can stand and say we have no need for this liberating power in our lives. We all have things that we need Jesus' power to release us from. And today, right now, in this place, these words of Jesus' are for you. Today, this scripture has been fulfilled in your hearing. You have been made free. So here is the grace, the gospel of this whole thing. Today is the day. Sometimes we get so caught up in thinking about the future and how amazing it can be, and we forget that today is the day for the captives to be released, the oppressed to be set free, the poor and the blind to hear a liberating word. In the midst of everything this Inauguration Day has been, for all the calls of unity and peace and justice, it is God who comes to us and speaks the only liberating word we need to hear. Today, then, indeed becomes a day of action. But today doesn't need to solve the whole world's problems. Today can start with you hearing your liberation in the name of Jesus and then carrying that with you into the world, allowing the truth to shape who you are and what you are in this world. That promise, though, of Jesus liberating us always comes with some sort of expectation that that we put on it. I mean, I just inserted them in that last sentence that I said. It's why we get the reaction we do from the folks of Nazareth. This question that they ask, is this not Joseph's son, which is often heard as a sneer, was a point of clarification. This was Jesus, Joseph's son from Nazareth, right? Because according to the culture of the day, Being from a place involves obligation to that place. Mainly, that preference must be given to one's own family and village. So when Jesus says, doctor, cure yourself, he is, in fact, stating the undercurrent that he is hearing. That is, that he should have brought this promised release to Nazareth first, to his own people instead of Capernaum, where he had stopped off first. So people were calling him to task for not meeting their expectations, the societal expectations that were placed upon him, ones he would have known, having grown up in Nazareth. But Jesus, the Messiah, is doing something new, and it isn't meant for a select group of people. That is both the beauty and the frustration that is Jesus the Christ. Because we all have expectations of Jesus and his death and resurrection, don't we? We have expectations of how this faith thing should work. The most obvious one is if I do X, Y, and Z, then I will get to heaven. And it really annoys people, probably most of us, when that's not the case, when we say you are forgiven through Jesus' death and resurrection, amen. Or the other thing we often assume is if we do the right things, then we'll be blessed by God with material things. Or 
If something is going wrong in in the life of someone we know, or maybe we don't even know, then God must be teaching them or punishing them for something. These are all expectations that we have placed upon God and upon Jesus. We have those expectations, and we have a way of thinking about how this whole thing should work. And so did the folks of Nazareth. And those expectations, friends, rarely have anything to do with other people and mostly have to do with what we get out of Jesus' death and resurrection, which is no small thing, but isn't the end, isn't the only thing. Because Jesus comes and tells them and tells us that that is not the way these things are going to work. God's love doesn't work that way. It is not only for me or not only for you. For the Nazarenes, it also meant that they weren't the only ones that Jesus came for. And they were angry about it. But God has been working for the sake of the whole world for all of history. God has never worked for just a select few. So expecting things that were never theirs to expect of God, that is to say that God's blessing is theirs alone, was their mistake, and is often ours too, because Jesus will die and rise for all people. And Jesus dies and rises for us for the sake of the world. So after the response of the people, Jesus leaves. Not because he is rejected by the people, but because he is rejected for going somewhere else, for doing his Jesus thing. And Jesus will never place himself under the control of or be confined by his hometown people or even his own family. Jesus will not be confined to these four walls or to the Lutheran church or even, dare I say, the Christian church. I think we've learned that more in this last year than any other year before. These four walls are a great place to experience the love of Jesus. But Jesus doesn't just live here. Remember the gospel, the good news that is Jesus the Christ, is that God goes where God's love can meet our human needs. God's grace in Jesus is for us, absolutely and without a doubt, But God's grace in Jesus is also for the world. Our own freedom in Jesus is for the sake of the world. We who are poor or captive or blind are freed from these things so that those literal poor and captive and blind can have hope for freedom too. We can't stop at the first part of that sentence if we're to take seriously the task ahead of us to follow Jesus and the way of Jesus, to love all people. We can't get stuck in the way things were or should be or what we expect them to be. But praise be to God that through Jesus we are released from the burden of these things and called to a life lived in the freedom of Jesus for the sake of the world. Amen.